The following message is from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about Life Source is available at lifesource.org.au. It's great to be back. I was in Poland for 10 days and preached 22 times in 10 days. So, um, so it's good to be back. And, uh, but, but, but it was a, f- a phenomenal time. Uh, the reason I go to Poland is to invest into pastors and churches. I, I don't go there just to preach in a church. I go there to invest into pastors. If there's any church that I love to preach in, it's this church. And, uh, but if I get an opportunity to be able to invest into pastors and help them to do church. So this is my fourth time there. And it's like we're getting traction. It's like people are getting it. And it's, it's an amazing thing to go to these Eastern Bloc countries that were so impacted by communism. Because communism has left a scar on their soul. And in so many ways, it's left a scar on their soul. And the way they do church was, to, was, was designed under communistic regime. And it's, it's very quiet. It's like we're the persecuted lot rather than, no, we're, we're called to make a difference. And so the style of church that we present, you know, the happy, the contemporary, the music, you know, we're out there and, and we're loud. And, and that to them is like, whoa. Uh, but the, u- the new generation is saying, that's what we want. We want that. Because Poland is now a very modern generation. But one of the things that I discovered this trip that I hadn't really realized before was that one of the scars that communism left on their hearts was the spirit of criticism and, uh, and the spirit of domination. And it's like there was an oppressive spirit put over them and the masses all had to be the same. Nobody could be different. Everybody. So we provide for you, but on the condition that you all stay on the same level. Now, the consequence of this is that encouragement. Everybody say encouragement. It's like it's, it's been removed out of their culture. And, and so encouragement is really difficult to find there. And so I'm naturally an encourager. Anybody discovered that? That I'm naturally an encourager. And that's one of the reasons they love me over there because I make them feel so good. And they say, we, we just love to hang around you. And I said, but you guys can do that. And they said, no, no, no. We've been taught that to encourage people makes them proud. And I think, what an indictment that is. And I pray to God that none of you get that mindset that encouragement is creating pride. See, you've got to understand that pride is one thing. Encouragement is a totally different thing. And you should never connect it. You should never, should never be at a place where, where you say to me, Oh, don't praise my child or they'll have a big head. Let's address the big head in another statement. But let's never minimize encouragement because it might create pride. What is that? That's that's to take something away, uh, to to enable something else that is a negative. And so we don't want to be minimizing something that is so important. Can I just say to you that everyone has a longing in their heart to hear these words I'm proud of you. 
Everyone, everyone, every child, Daniel and Grace, little Eliana, will need to hear from you guys on a regular basis, I'm proud of you. There's something about those words, I'm proud of you, that just lifts, it lifts, it lifts. Then on the other hand, there's these other words, I'm ashamed of you. And all that does, it just pushes down. What's really sad is that some people hear, I'm ashamed of you, more often than they hear, I'm proud of you. And so what we need to do is change our vocabulary so that to the people around us, we're constantly using these words, I'm proud of you. You've done an excellent job. You are awesome. Everybody needs to hear that. Even even if the job hasn't been perfect. See, for some of you, it's only perfection that's praised. Well, who can reach perfection? What needs to be praised is a good job. An excellent job. Someone's put in hard work. It may not be perfect, but they've done a good job. I think that's awesome. And so when my kids were little, they weren't Michelangelo's. They were, you know, ordinary in in when it comes to masterpieces, Italian art. But there was something special about their artwork. And so might have been stick figures with five finger with five lines at the end, but there was a lot of heart in it. And so when when that's given, it's a masterpiece. Wow, that's awesome. And to this day, any child that comes up to me with a drawing or whatever, I take it, I put it into my office, I put it on my desk, and I enjoy it because it is a masterpiece. Come give me a look at that, sweetheart. You've got you've got a masterpiece in your Bible. So look at that. You've still got that. This is love from Christelle. Happy Mother's Day. I love you, Mum. So see, to Anne, that was a work of art. And um, how old was she? Six or seven. And um, and and so this is encouragement. Anne still got it in the Bible. Uh, Christelle had a seventh birthday on the 29th of February. So that was last year. You did that, no, no. Christelle. Christelle was born on the 29th of February, so she's only ever had seven birthdays, poor thing. But, um, but she is 28, and Anne's had that in her Bible for over 20 years. And that was from Shauna Osgood, I think. Shauna Osgood, when she was doing Sunday school, back in all those years, encouraged that. Well done, Shauna. This is the thing, is that encouragement, encouragement is oxygen to the soul. And so as people, we, we need to have a revelation of encouragement. Now, now, this is what I've discovered. Get hold of this. Your God concept, your God concept will connect to whether you do encouragement well or bad. And so what some people have, they've got a judgmental God, God concept. And so their whole idea of God is that a God that is peering, ready to smack you on the head when you do something wrong. And all over the world, there's a whole bunch of people that have this judgmental God concept. So when you've got a judgmental God concept, it's perfection that he praises. And anything short of perfection, bang, you're not worthy. I'm ashamed of you. Whereas if you've got an encouraging God concept, where where you've got a revelation that the Holy Spirit's name 
is encourager. How many of you know that the, that the Holy Spirit's name is parakletos? We've, we've, we've translated that into comforter. But that word comforter is the one who draws alongside to build up. It literally means encourager. And so the name of God is encourager. And so if you don't have that God concept, it is so hard for you to find words. They, those words sort of, they get stuck in your mouth. They don't quite come out. And, and we have to be so careful that our God concept. And so be careful when you get to the internet and you read these blogs of these people that have a judgmental God concept. Because that's exactly where they're coming from. And so they'll judge everybody. They'll sit there in their pajamas, in their basement, with their computer to make themselves out to be the kings of the world. And they, they, and they filter everything through their judgmental God concept. And so they'll write about every man, woman of God that's accomplishing great things in God. The, my heroes are, are, are blasted by these people. People like Billy Graham. How can anybody criticize Billy Graham? Oh, judgmental God concept people that blog do. Reinhard Bonnke. How can anybody criticize Reinhard Bonky, that's seen millions of people, but see, judgmental people with a judgmental God concept. I feel really, really sorry for these people. I feel sorry for their family. I feel sorry for their world because they must live in a really small world. But I tell you who I rejoice in, the people that are able to encourage, the people that are able to find words of encouragement easily that comes out of their lips. Matter of fact, the Bible commands us to encourage each other. The Bible commands us not to criticize each other, but the Bible commands us to, here it is, 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore comfort each other. That word comfort means to encourage. Do a word study on it. Encourage, comfort each other, edify one another. That word edify means to build up, to give someone a lift. That's what I've entitled this sermon today, Give Someone a Lift. Come on, give someone a lift. Would you give someone a lift today? <laughs> Turn to the person next to you and say, I'll give you a lift. <laughs> I'm going to lift you up. We are commanded to encourage. So, so that's, that's the first point that I want to make this morning. We are commanded to encourage each other. Discouragement is a constant force in this world. How many of you have discovered that? You don't have to live too long to find that discouragement works in the world. One, one of the passages of scripture that, that impacts me deeply is found in 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings um, 18 and 19 talks about one of the great heroes in the Bible, and that's Elijah. How many of you think Elijah is a great hero in the Bible? I mean, anyone that's read the Bible knows Elijah. He confronted the prophets of Baal. He was a God person. He was a God lover. God just used him powerfully. But we get to 
First Kings chapter 19, verse 4. And this is just after the drought finishes. This is just after the incredible confrontation with the prophets of Baal, where, where Elijah becomes a hero to the nation, where he lifts up the name of Jesus. Then we read in First Kings chapter 19, verse 4. He himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough now, Lord, take my life. I'm no better than my father's. And so what you have is, is this depression coming upon him, this loneliness coming upon him, this feeling of isolation coming upon him. And, and he just wanted to die. And the reason for that was that there was no encouragement coming his way. And I find it fascinating that even some of our great heroes of faith went through bouts of discouragement. And so if great heroes of faith like Elijah, think about it, Elijah, what a legend is Elijah. But even he went through bouts of discouragement. How much more every single person in this room, every single person watching this on television goes through bouts of discouragement. So we need people who are encouragers to give someone a lift instead of the discouragers wanting to just push people down. One of the things that grieves me immensely is that a research was done a few years ago about men and women in Australia, this is not overseas, but in Australia, who were once in ministry and no longer in ministry. And they calculated that there's over 14,000. We're not talking about 1,400. We're talking about 14,000 people in Australia who were once in ministry, no longer in ministry. Now, the thing that I was warned about when I was in Bible college was if there's anything that'll get you as a pastor, it's the girls, the gold, and the glory. So you just got to watch the, the three G's, the girls, the gold, and the glory. So, so for men, watch the girls. If you're a girl, watch the guys. So it's another G there. Anyway, we won't go there. Um, then, then the whole thing, the love of money, the, the gold, you know, be careful of that because that'll bring you down. Or the glory, the pride, you know, the arrogance, the pride. Well, you know, they surveyed these 14,000 people who were once in ministry, no longer in ministry, and found that not many of them were no longer in ministry because of the girls, the gold, and the glory. It was like, nah, they didn't quit ministry because they had, you know, an immoral affair or because, you know, they took money or they whatever, or because they just got proud. And this is what they found, that by far the majority of people that used to be in ministry are no longer in ministry, quit, here it is, because of discouragement discouragement. They just got to a point where it was just discouraging. We need to give people a lift because even the heroes get discouraged. People that we didn't think could get discouraged get discouraged. People need a lift. So here it is. One of the purposes of doing church is to encourage each other. How many, of you, how many of you read the scripture in Hebrews 10.24? Do not forsake the gathering together. 
How many of you have read that one? I mean, we use it all the time in, in Bible study for, um, for people to make sure that they come to church on Sunday. And it's, it's a very famous passage of Scripture, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. So it's really important that you come to church. But there's a purpose for it. Well, we'll just come to church and sit there and make sure that you tithe and give your offerings. No, it's much more than that. So, so, so what is it? Here it is. The purpose of doing church is to encourage each other. Here it is. Not forsaking the assemblings of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, but encouraging one another, but giving somebody a lift. That's the purpose of doing church, to give somebody a lift. Wouldn't it be awesome if you came to church with this desire of, who can I talk to today to give him a lift? Who can I talk today to encourage? Who, who, who can I find today so that I can just bless them and make their day? So that when they go home, they say, boy, it was worth going to church. I got a lift today. Huh? How awesome would that be? One of the purposes of doing church is encouragement. Here's, here's another point, number three. The New Testament spirit of prophecy is encouragement. See, let's talk about prophecy for a little while because too many people do prophecy out of the Old Testament. Old Testament prophecy is very judgmental. Old Testament prophecy is to basically point out what you've done wrong. But New Testament prophecy is, is summarized and defined in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3. And this is New Testament spirit of prophecy. Here it is, edification, exhortation, and comfort. So, so if you're going to be a New Testament prophetic voice, it's not about judgment. It's about edification, edification, and comfort. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. In one word, encouragement. So if you have a word for somebody and it's judgmental, can I just say to you that word is not inspired by the Holy Spirit. But if you have a word for someone and it's encouraging, then that word is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1, we're actually encouraged to seek the gift of prophecy. And, 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 and if prophecy is given in the church, the whole church is encouraged. How awesome is that? You're given somebody a lift. Not only that, but you're giving the church a lift. How awesome is that to give the whole church a lift? Anyway, let's get the practical side. Are you ready for this? The practical side. I've just laid the theological foundation for what I'm going to say. Now it's the practical, how to do it. I'm calling this the high five of encouragement. Are you ready for this? The high five of encouragement. Turn to the person next to you, give them a high five and say, I can't wait for this. The high five of encouragement. Just five points. Here it is. Are you ready for this? Number one, a positive word. A positive word. There is just something awesome about a positive word. How many of you know that a lot of your kids are getting bullied at school? A lot of your kids are being pulled down at school. But not only at school. What we don't realize is that there's an enormous amount of bullying that happens through the media. You say, what? How does the media 
bully kids by just saying, this is the standard and you don't reach it, so you're below par. And so kids, young kids, young kids feel fat. They feel ugly because the media is saying, this is the standard. And so we've got to be so careful that we don't underline that, but we actually do the opposite and bring it down and say, no, you're beautiful, you're lovely, you're awesome, you're amazing. A positive word. People need a positive word. Every single person needs a positive word. And can you be the one who gives a positive word? Can you look at people and find something positive to say about them? Can you give them a lift with your words? Your words are powerful. The Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. You're either able to lift or you pull down by what you say. So make sure that your words are positive. Number two, the high five of encouragement. Number two, a meaningful touch. Let's, let's talk about this because this, this is awkward because touch is so, so important but it can be taken the wrong way. You know, a baby's first experience of love is not words, but touch. Baby doesn't understand words, but they understand touch. So you find with Eliana, the touch, there's just something. I just love to touch a baby's face. And it's like, it's like there's something precious communicating, just the gentle touch is just awesome. But, but I mean, how many of you felt someone when they talked to you, just put their hand on your arm and it's just, there's something about that touch that communicates acceptance. Do you know I have people that come to our church just to get a hug from their pastor. They're looking for a safe person where a hug doesn't take anything from them but gives them some love. They won't leave without receiving a hug, and I'm more than happy to comply because I've got a pretty deep well of love to give. There's a deep well there. And so I, I, you know, I'm, I'm constantly touching, but the touching for me is not a taking, but a giving. And that's where the difference lies. You can feel when someone's taking from you and you'll feel, feel awkward. It was like, man, that was awkward. I don't... I don't do that. And uh, come on, guys, I was brought up with men kissing each other. You want to talk about awkwardness? You know, five o'clock shadow, a tough beard. It's like, that's awkward. But the Bible says to greet each other with a holy kiss. Now, you know, so, so I'm in Poland, and it's okay for the guys to kiss there and whatever. Then they say, hey, but, you know, if you go to the Ukraine, the men go to another level. We're talking in church. I says, what do you mean? Oh, they actually kiss on the lips. I go, whoa, baby, come on. That's where I draw the line right there. And he says, they'll, 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 they'll go in for the dive. And that's where you've just got to, just at the last moment, as the, as, as the kiss is coming, you just turn the cheek. <laughs> There's techniques. There's techniques. <laughs> yeah. 
Where's my Asian brothers? My Asian, I, I, my Asian brothers, I, I love them because uh, a lot of them are not used to even receiving a hug from their pastor and you can feel them all tense up. Huh? But they're getting used to it now. Isn't that right, Sam? Yeah, they're getting used to it. They're getting used to it. And so they come in. It, it just there's, there's still not that flexibility. There's still a lot of tightness there. But it's okay. We're working on it. But the kissing, we're not there yet. So, <laughs> uh, Number three, a listening ear. A listening ear. Eye contact is connected to a listening ear. You really... If you, don't, if you don't establish eye contact, then, um, then don't think that people think that you're listening. And so, you know, if your eyes are all over the room or if your eyes are on the television, yeah, I'm listening. Are you? Really? There's just something powerful about eye contact. Compassionate listening is a beautiful gift. <laughs> you know what's really funny? I talk to young people uh, and I talk to parents. And the biggest complaint about parents regarding their kids is this, my kids don't listen to me. How many of you heard that one? I talk to the young people. You know what the biggest complaint about their parents is? My parents don't listen to me. And it's like, hang on here, what's going on? Well, what's happening is that there's no connection. There's, there's, there's the listening ear isn't there. We're, we're too busy trying to say what we want to say rather than listen to what's being said. And can I just say to you that to listen is one thing, to understand is another. And the listening ear is the understanding ear. And the understanding ear is asking questions because sometimes I'm not getting it. And so I've got to ask the questions to hone in on the communication. And there is just something powerful when you are listening Asking questions. Now, now just, just let's see if I got this right. Are you saying A, B, C, D? No, no, no. I'm saying A, B, F, G. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought you said A, B, C, D. It's just, can you just say it again so I can hear it, what you're saying? And, and can I just say to you, husbands and wives, come on. You just got to give this gift to your spouse, the listening ear. You got to give, if you give this gift, You will always be appreciated because the listening ear is one of the greatest needs in community. People need to be heard. Number four, kind act. The high five of encouragement. A positive word, meaningful touch, a listening ear, a kind act. There's just something beautiful about acts of kindness. And especially if if it's your love language, it's so important. A note, a card, a gift, a baked cake. How many of you think that's a great kind act? Or in Helen's case, some flowers. Give us some flowers is a kind act. What about a phone call? There's no reason just giving you a ring just to see how you're going. Letting somebody know that you love them. Just a kind act. I read this story about kind acts. Uh, this lady, one day she opened the door to get her newspaper and to her surprise, she sees a strange little dog with her newspaper in its mouth. So delighted at this unexpected surprise of delivery service, she goes inside and she gets some little treats and she gives it to the little dog 
as her kind act of gratitude. So the next morning, <laughs> she goes inside. She she goes outside to get a newspaper, and there, to her horror, she sees the dog is back, <laughs> wagging its tail. But now it's got eight newspapers. <laughs> All the neighbors' newspapers were there. (laughs) How many of you know that people respond to kind acts? It just draws them back. It sort of says, we've established something here. Okay, how many of you have got problems with your neighbors? No, don't put up your hand. (laughs) Maybe your words haven't quite done what needs to be done. What about a kind act? Just do a kind act. You know, our, our neighbors love us. Our neighbor, our neighbor says to us, I never want to move from here because, because I don't think I'll ever find neighbors as nice as you. And, and it's just little things, just tiny little things. For the last 17 years, I've mowed a strip of lawn that belongs to her. And every time I mow my front lawn, I just creep across and mow a little strip. We're only talking a few square meters, but for her, it's like, it's like the world. The other day, I actually broke into her house. She asked me to. She locked the keys inside, and so she asked me to break into her house. And so I got my ladder together. I broke into her house. Well, that was awesome. She thanked me profusely for breaking into her house. How awesome is that? Just, I, I've never been thanked for breaking into anybody's house. Just let me clarify here, I don't do this normally, okay? It's not a second job that I do when I'm not preaching. (laughs) Just want to clarify that, okay? (laughs) She told me what window to go through. uh, She was there, and so was my wife. They were watching. Um, But it's just anything that's a kind act just opens doors. It's encouragement. It does something. It's the high five of encouragement. Here it is, number five, and my last point. Positive word. Meaningful touch, listening ear, kind act, the gift of time. Time, what an incredible gift that is. You know why time is such a beautiful gift? Because it's so valuable. Especially for those of us living here on the North Shore of Sydney, we're not time rich. A lot of us are time poor. So when you give your time to somebody and you stop and you stay with them, it is so powerful. It is so powerful. I'll never forget the story that Anne shared with me when she was starting chaplaincy at Royal North Shore Hospital and she was training to be a chaplain. They asked her to go visit this guy who had fell on power lines and he burnt his arms and his legs and, and uh, he was in an absolute mess. And she went to visit the guy and he couldn't speak. He was just in total agony and pain. And, um, and Anne just said to him, just basically said to him, you know, I'm a chaplain, I've come to visit you, is there anything I can do for you? And he just shook his head, just saying, basically, there's nothing you can do. And Anne felt incredibly awkward, but then she said, is it okay if I just sit here and stay with you? And he just said nothing. And so she just stayed there, and the smell of burning flesh was still in the room. It was very painful, very awkward, She just did not feel comfortable at all, but she gave this man the gift of time. 
And so after 10 minutes or so, which was probably the longest 10 minutes of Anne's life, she says, um, I'm going to leave now. And so she left. And um, anyway, she went to visit the guy um, a, a week or so later when now he didn't have the mask and all the stuff and he could speak. And so she went in and she says, oh, hello, I'm, I'm Anne. And as she started to introduce herself, and he says to her, I know who you are. And then he said, you stayed with me. And that was the thing he remembered was the gift of time. And so in chaplaincy, it's called the power of being. And it's a very powerful emotion that sometimes you just don't have to say anything. You just have to be with people, just to be there in their presence and give them the gift of time. And it's one of the greatest gifts that we can give people. Can you give your spouse the gift of time? Can you give your kids the gift of time? Can you give your friends the gift of time? Can you give somebody in your life the gift of time? And if you give them the gift of time, they won't forget you because they know it's very valuable and we're all limited in the amount of time we have. And for you to give somebody the gift of time is a very powerful gift. I want to finish this morning with an invitation. As Amelia comes up, are you ready to give somebody a lift? Come on, are you ready? Are you ready to give somebody a lift? Will you do that today? Before you leave church today, will you find somebody and, and, and do something nice, a word of encouragement, a kind act, just a touch on the shoulder, something beautiful, a gift or something, just something that will encourage them. Will you do that? Come on, how many of you are going to do that? Are you going to do that more often to the people around you? Be an encourager. What an wonderful... Thanks for listening to this message from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at lifesource.org.au to find out more about our church and to also access other free resources.